Welcome to All About Books on NET Radio. I'm your host, Pat Leach, Director of Lincoln City Libraries. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Matt Steinhausen, author of the book, The Least Interesting Place. Matt is an amateur historian and sixth-generation Nebraskan who takes pictures of his surroundings. He lives just outside of Lincoln and is a house inspector by trade. Matt, welcome to All About Books. Thanks for having me, Pat. Well, why don't you just jump in telling us about this book, The Least Interesting Place. The Least Interesting Place is a coffee table book. It's 254 pages, and it's filled with my photos of Nebraska, lots of stories and anecdotes to go along with it, based primarily on my rural experiences. I live outside of town. I live on an old acreage, an old farmhouse, a lot of critters running around the place. So that's been a basis for a lot of the, the, the photos in the book. I spend most of my time with a camera by my side if I'm driving or, or walking around. Uh, and I take my vacations in Nebraska. So the book is photos from Nebraska, from my experiences over the last 30 years, and from all those neat things that happened when I had a camera at my side. After 30 years of taking photos, I had a pretty good stockpile. Uh, and I'm an amateur, I'm not a professional, so I didn't really have an avenue to display or share the images other than putting them on my Facebook page on occasion. I had an idea to put a book together, and actually that idea came about years ago at the prompting of friends who said I should either be doing a calendar or a book. I decided to do a book, and I had come up with the, the title or theme, The Least Interesting Place, uh, because people always ridiculed me for spending so much time uh, in Nebraska and, <laughs> and in places that other people don't go, which, which I prefer. After I'd come up with this theme, not long later, the state of Nebraska Department of Tourism decided to <laughs> come up with their theme, uh, Nebraska, honestly, it's not for everyone, which I thought compromised the originality of my idea. Uh, mm -hmm. So I shelved my idea out of frustration and then came the pandemic and a little bit of spare time. It inspired me to get the project going again. So, and that's what I did. I started about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, first looking for a publisher, which was unsuccessful. So I, I downloaded a, a program for assembling a, to a book called Adobe InDesign. And I started learning how to lay out a book. And that's what I did. I found a printer in Nebraska, Marathon Press in Norfolk, and it allowed me to do what I really wanted to do, and that's have an, an all-Nebraska book. All photos in Nebraska, written by a Nebraskan, edited by a Nebraskan, and uh, printed in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we've done. Being a self-publisher, it, it creates a lot of anxiety because there's a lot of expense. Uh, it costs about as much as a down payment on a home to get 500 books printed. You can imagine the anxiety of loading a ton of books in the back of my truck and hoping that some of them would sell. Well, sure. You know, we, we have noted on this program before that self-publishing is be, has become a phenomenon. And I'll be very curious to know how your experience of self-publishing has gone and just your observations as you begin to note the anxiety of the author in the investment that is required right up front. It's not easy. There's a few complicated parts of the self-publishing process. Finding a printer, 
determining a price point, editing, design, layout. Some of the challenges with self-publishing are you have to get your own ISBN number. You have to pay for it yourself. You have to do your own marketing sure. and sales and come up with the money. I'm a do-it-yourselfer to begin with, and I probably would have been a terrible client for a publisher because I wanted to have so much of my own involvement. But I also wanted to spread the risk. And that's the problem with self-publishing is you assume as a self-publisher 100% of the risk. I just did a lot of research. I studied other Nebraska authors, other photographers, other coffee table books to get some ideas of what I wanted to do. And I put in my own ideas without anybody, anyone else's artistic influence. So this is pretty much pure me. I have been very fortunate that I have a really good network of friends and businesses who have really helped me distribute and sell the book, whether it be stores or organizations who share them with their members. We finished it in, in fall. The timing was good because it, it's a good book for gifts, especially for people outside of the state. And so that worked out really well. I would say for anyone self-publishing, get your books printed about August or September so you can have them on the shelves by holiday season. Well, and absolutely, as you noted at the start, this is a coffee table book. The photographs are major. I mean, that, that is the point of the book. But then the captions are also pretty interesting. And I would say in the best tradition of coffee tables, it's easy to see that somebody would sit down with a moment or two, maybe just do a little bit of looking through it, and then probably 30 minutes later realize, oh, I've been doing a lot of reading and looking here. That's uh, the intent. I am a picture guy. I was the guy that would go to the library and pick out all the books with the pictures <laughs> <laughs> and read the captions. And if they intrigued me, then I'd read more of the text. Uh, so that's been, that's kind of how I designed it. And my hope was, I've always believed that the best way to educate is to inspire curiosity. And so the images, the, the purpose of the images is to inspire curiosity. It's the purpose of the title. When you t whenever you use an absolute, like, the least interesting place, <laughs> it challenges the person to say, really, I'll be the judge of that. And if you can inspire that curiosity and get people to page through it, they're going to stick around for a while, and they might read some of the words, and they might get stuck reading and actually enjoy themselves. So my goal with this book was not just to create a book for people that enjoy reading, but to create a book for people that don't enjoy reading and maybe get them to find that love. And I've had more than one person tell me that this was the best book they ever read, and it was the only book they've ever uh. read. So... <laughs> You know, there, there is a whole group of people who simply don't, don't read, and I think you're right. It's often pictures in that draw them in. My sense of, of the book, and this connects to what you just said, Matt, is in many ways this puts an image and then a short explanation to things that we often see from the road, but for whatever reason, don't stop and see, whether that's a lack of curiosity or a lack of time, um, but that this says, let's just notice what this is. Pat, you bring up a good point, and it's something that I wanted to talk about. But the thing that most surprised me about the reactions to this book, people say it made me laugh and it made me cry. Uh. And I don't know why it would make anyone cry because the entire time I tried to be funny. So <laughs> I tried to you know, put my humor into the book. But what I think it is, I think people realize going through the pages, reading the stories, they, they conclude that really Nebraska is a bigger part of them than they ever believed. I think that's kind of that realization is, is, it conjures those emotions. 
you know, I've had a few interesting conversations on the program about what does it mean that um, something is about Nebraska or is about something considered a flyover state. And it strikes me in looking at this based on what you just said, Matt, that for native Nebraskans, this is sort of the air that we breathe to the extent that sometimes you don't see it. So then looking through this, I could see how you'd be struck by, by the thought, oh, of course, this is us. This is it. This is me. It's all the things we take for granted, our skies, our landscapes. We don't even take it for granted. We complain about it oftentimes, the weather. Uh, but those are the things that I think give us, the, add that little spice to our flavor. What were the relative difficulties of choosing the pictures versus writing the captions? You know, my, the title is The Least Interesting Place. I really wanted to put in photos that were like vast or stark, but also I think those things create interest, just like a pictures of abandoned houses and old barns. They can be so stark, and, and, but yet they, they bring us in. And that was really what I try to do is, is create photos that were kind of uninteresting, but very interesting because of their uninterestingness. <laughs> well, that is a paradox that the book is the least interesting place, but you probably don't want it to be the least interesting photos. Correct. And so that's what I was going for is I wanted every single page. If someone just opened the book and turned to a page, I wanted them to say, wow. And that is really how I try to pick the photos. So, and the, the most challenging part of this book, easily the most challenging part was choosing photos and sorting them into chapters mm -hmm. to create themes. I did more rearranging of, of photos and themes and, than anything else. Well, it's hard for me to just quit looking at the book. I notice <laughs> um, here on, on the page I'm at right now is the picture of um, St. John's Church in Kronberg, which is near my home base of Aurora, and I was hoping that in the church section I might have seen Kronberg, so thank you for that. You're welcome. There's something called street photography. Is there something similar that maybe would be called rural photography? Who are the photographers who inspired you? There is something. I call it road photography or from my seat of my pickup photography. And a lot of the photos in the book are from the seat of my truck or parked alongside of the road. And, and you just get out and take the, the, the image. And it's becoming more and more common, sometimes, especially during storms or the 4th of July or interesting when there's a good sunset, you'll see other people in their automobiles out in the countryside taking photos, stopping alongside of the road. So it is a thing, as we say. <laughs> my inspiration as a kid, my late teens, early 20s, I got a subscription to Nebraska Land Magazine, and that fascinated me. And those photographers were very inspirational. And I got to meet John Farrar, who I thought it was so cool that I got to meet John Farrar and have him critique my photos. Uh, and then later on, of course, uh, the Michael Forsbergs and the Joel Sartori's, uh, our own local photography uh, celebrities. I admire those guys a lot. So I don't try to emulate them so much, but they've certainly been, uh, they've inspired me to continue in my hobby. I want to be clear that I'm purely a hobbyist. Up until last year when I sold some photos to a physician's office to hang on the wall, I didn't make money at, at taking photos. All I've been doing is trying to kind of do what I see those other guys do in my spare time. So did this book use up your photos and use up your idea? What's next? It, it didn't. And in fact, because I had a surplus of photos, 
I am working on a couple other projects, uh, and it's probably not a good idea because it takes up so much time. But this is uh, this self-publishing and writing has inspired me to to do more. Uh, once you learn how to do it, and and learn the ropes, uh, it it makes it more fun, and it takes away that anxiety, that fear. I shouldn't pursue this further because I'm not a very good writer, uh, but I, I am inspired and I'm working on numerous other books. One of them is I want to put a book together, a similar book about the city of Lincoln. And its working title right now is Lincoln, Nebraska, Sweet and Salty. And the sweet is based on uh, the sweet people, the, 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 the impression that Nebraskans are so nice and Lincolnites are so nice. And they are. The neat thing about Lincoln is I can drive around and wave at people and they wave back. And you can't go anywhere without seeing someone you know. It's the world's biggest small town. The other thing about uh, the sweetness is Lincoln had a lot of candy uh, back in the olden days. There was uh, Russell Stover candies and some other candy uh, manufacturing uh, that happened in Lincoln. Another thing about the saltiness is, of course, the salt in our water Absolutely. and our soil mm -hmm. and the, the saline wetlands. And we were a salt basin, when, and that's what brought people here. The Morton family, who started the Morton Salt Company, came to J. Sterling Morton's son is the one that started that organization, coming to Lincoln and trying to mine salt unsuccessfully, I might add. So th that's my theme of, between the Lincoln sweet and salty idea. Let's turn to you as a photographer and writer, to you as a reader. What do you choose for your own reading? Nebraska nonfiction, especially history. My little magic place is Blue Stem Books at that Nebraska section they have behind the front counter. To me, Nebraska history is fascinating. And maybe partly because my ancestors go back here, and also partly because once you become slightly knowledgeable about a topic, you become more curious about it. And my curiosity in Nebraska history has grown from my, the more I've learned about it. So I love the Nebraska history books, especially the books written by the pioneers and the descendants of the pioneers, uh, especially Mari Sandoz. She is one of my favorites uh, because she describes Nebraska as it was. She doesn't try to be overly eloquent about it. She doesn't sugarcoat. <laughs> no. no, I appreciate her candor. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's the kind of reading I love to do. I don't do a lot of reading, I, I confess. I don't uh, because I become so easily preoccupied with other things. And when I read nonfiction, if I read something that, that triggers an interest or creates a spark in my mind, I'll put the book down and then I'll go online and start researching it and I'll read something else. And so my reading is in essence, it ends up being a research project. Well, as a librarian, I entirely respect the idea of lifelong learning, Matt. So what you're describing is exactly what, what is the natural outcome of learning is wanting to learn more. Absolutely. I agree. At this point, if uh, an established publisher came your way with an offer, how would you respond? I have no idea. It would have to be a big offer because at this point, I don't think I'd be able to let someone else take the reins uh, of this, this horse. Matt, thank you so much for being my guest on All About Books today. Thanks for having me, Pat. This has been a lot of fun. Matt Steinhausen, author of the book The Least Interesting Place, published in 2020, has been my guest today. Matt, I hope our paths cross again soon. I do, too. You've been listening to All About Books on NET Radio. Podcasts of this and other programs are available online 
visit netnebraska.org radio. For All About Books, I'm Pat Leach. Thank you.